Camp. Uh, I'm Tristan Tucker, Account Executive at Camp Tech. I'm joined today by Camp Tech's Vice President of Sales, Bob DeSulo. Uh, how are you doing today, Bob? Doing very well, thank you. How are you, Tristan? I'm great. I'm great. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to meet and chat with me a little bit about, you know, kind of a buyer's guide to RPA. Um, so, you know, you have a brief history with RPA um, and automation. Any chance you could give us like a two minute rundown on that and your path to Camp Tech? Sure. Um, it's more than a brief history. It goes back about 20 years. So I've been involved in automation and, you know, formally scripting goes back many, many years um, to the point where there, there were a lot of proprietary tools out there that kind of scratch the surface on the need uh, for automation. But the problem was they were proprietary tools. They really didn't have the ability, uh, you didn't have the ability to orchestrate many bots. Um, so that was a huge constraint on those uh, solutions. Um, and therefore made them, gave us, lack the ability to scale for the enterprise. Um, in today's world, a lot of organizations, a lot of our customers have hundreds of bots. And without that orchestration, uh, you would not be able to, to be able to scale that uh, automation uh, initiative. Great, great. Well, I think that, you know, scale and orchestration is really important. Let's just start super basic, um, if you don't mind. And like, what is RPA and how is it going to help my organization? Sure. Uh, RPA is uh, robotic process automation. So that and AI are today key elements of any company's long-term intelligent automation strategy. Mm -hmm. By using bots, you know, forward-thinking organizations are now automating repetitive, mundane, and high volume tasks on a daily basis. Great. Great. No, I think that that's awesome context. So um, as a buyer or a business owner, how should I start looking for parts of my workflow where RPA might be able to be leveraged? Right. Good question. Um, what we always recommend to our customers is we're looking for some quick wins, and that's because RPA is a newer technology and we want to show the value and then socialize that throughout the organization. So generally we're looking for, again, repetitive rules-based high volume processes. Um, you know, some of these things can be like app applications that do not integrate uh, with each other. So it can be used between systems, between legacy systems and modern systems are between any system. Again, uh, anything that has to do with data entry, data migration, uploading files, downloading files. Um, another area is invoice processing. Uh, we work with a lot of organizations that are processing uh, hundreds and thousands of invoices a day. And beyond that, we're looking generally at, in the revenue cycle, anything around accounting, uh, we do a lot in HR, um, onboarding and offboarding, password resets, credentialing, et cetera, call centers, customer service processes. We do a lot in supply chain, inventory control, IT. It just goes on and on and on where uh, RPA can really add value to an organization. 
Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So, you know, typically more repetitive type tasks that are, you know, taking up a lot of manual labor hours is a good place to start, would you say? Yes, absolutely. All right, excellent. So, so I guess I'm going to ask the devil's advocate question. What happens to my workers who are already performing those tasks when I implement these RPA programs? You know, won't, won't they kind of feel they've lost their sense of role or integration to the workplace? Mm-hmm. Quite the opposite. I know that's an initial uh, response we sometimes get. Um, but the way you want to think of it, and, you know, I'll say that, you know, in our 20 years of experience, people, have, we haven't seen people lose their jobs. Um, more likely, you know, when, when an organization has initiated RPA, it gives these employees more ability to focus on cognitive, other cognitive processes um, that also create efficiencies. Um, and what we've also seen is um, while the bots are doing some processes, now the human can work on other things that have been sidelined because of these workload constraints. Um, and, uh, and beyond that, you know, we're, because these the employee is now more satisfied, um, they're, they're more productive. Uh, we are seeing less uh, errors. And okay. as you know, these bots can run 24 seven where a human can't. So there's additional efficiencies, you know, in the middle of the night and on weekends uh, and bots do not take coffee breaks. It's a great point. So if I'm hearing you correctly, our skilled laborers will do less busy work and more high level tasks that, you know, really require that human touch. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. All right. So, you know, I guess the last question I have for the first segment would be, you know, what is the RPA life cycle? You know, what does it look like at a high level from first contact with someone like yourself on the sales team to eventual implementation? Right. I, there, there is definitely a proper process. And we have seen um, a lot of organizations take on RPA, but not have the structure um, or the methodology to make it uh, successful. Um, there's been a lot of studies out there that uh, AI and RPA proce- uh, uh, processes and initiatives fail 50% to the, to the tune of 50%. Wow. So working with an organization like ours that has experience and does this as a managed service for our customers, it alleviates a lot of the, the pain, the initial cost, the tech debt, and allows you to have a quicker ROI. So we we have grown this business because we have a, a methodology that works every time. It's repeatable and it's scalable. So it goes from helping the customer first identify the right processes for automation and are these feasible? You know, as we said, are they are they repetitive tasks? Are they mature tasks? And what I mean by that, they're not ever changing because obviously we want something that's that stays the same um, and that we can we can automate over and over at scale. Uh, so we go from identifi- identifying the actual uh, process, and then we move into analysis and design of that process to be automated. And again, we use a methodology where we scope out each process um, with the subject matter expert, 
we we produce a full process design document based on that workflow. So going forward, we have written documentation of what that process looks like. Uh, it is also a living document that changes because we all know processes do change. So we go from that then into the development and implementation phase. And then from there, uh, further on testing and then hypercare. And beyond that, again, with most of our customers, we are offering this as a managed service. They're saving a lot of money, um, but we also host it and then support those bots in production. So when a, a particular application makes a change or an upgrade, we're there ready to, to make that to make adjustments to that bot to accommodate that change and continue uh, in production. It's so it's really a partnership for basically the perpetuity or life cycle of that bot and automation. It's not just a, a handoff, if you will. Hundred percent, and that's where a lot of there's been a lot of uh, failure is that there there isn't the thought beyond just the basic development of what happens when the day that goes into production, who's going to be there to help me with, with, with the support of that bot. And that's, and that's the value that managed services and the value that camp tech brings. Well, that definitely sounds like a pretty big differentiator. Um, I don't want to overload right now, but I think that might be where we should start our second, second session of buyer's guide to RPA. Um, so I, I just want to thank you very much. This was all great information. Um, great to build a frame of reference. I'm looking forward to investigating this more in the second session. Thank you very great. much, Bob. Appreciate that. Thank you.